talking about play and a caboose and the mountains in Vermont is like <laughs> everything. <laughs> Cardinal, did yeah, you see that? I did. <laughs> Hey guys, this episode is a little different. We recorded it outside on the porch of Morgan's caboose, which we'll explain the caboose in another episode. But yes, it's like, you know, a train caboose. Stay tuned for that. Um, But it was summertime, just after a rainstorm, and the sun was sort of coming back out through the clouds. And Morgan and I got to sit down with playworker Kelsey Langley. My name's Kelsey Langley, and I run Coop Adventure Play. That's Coop with a K. In Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. We talked about playworking with a light touch, and she tells a really great story about taking it slow. I'm just going to let it roll. Thanks for listening. Tell me what your space looks like. So it looks a lot like other playgrounds. There's a lot more loose parts because it's a Reggio school, but pretty small. <laughs> so once everybody else from the school kind of clears out, we go out into the field, which is kind of this wild space that's kind of been forgotten about. It has one area that is mowed regularly and has big trees with lots of shade and that are really fun to climb. And then it has a really big prairie full of milkweed. <laughs> Seems like every fall the kids take apart the milkweed pods and spread the bounty and the milkweed has like quadrupled in population in a couple of years of us being there. And in the back of our field there is this like seven foot tall grass <laughs> that you know it's not seven feet tall all the time but as the summer goes the field just keeps growing. It's such a really sweet space. I really love it. <laughs> Do you go out in the winter? Yeah. Yeah, we try to go out every day, even if it's like zero degrees, because it's, everyone wants to. <laughs> People always want to ask about the hammers or the, the wood or the materials or the safety, and they're all part of the story, but not the story that actually lights us up as playworkers. I think when I think about what do I want to talk about, about Coop, it's always about individual kids. And this child would come straight from school, a crowded, wonderful, but busy classroom, and have a hard time engaging in play. It would take like 45 minutes um, lingering at the edges of the space away from everyone. And as our team tried to kind of figure out what's happening here, what is he needing? Does he need us close? Does he need us, you know, far? We kind of figured out that it took that 45 minutes before he could kind of come back and join the group or do something that seemed like he was interested as opposed to just decompressing. And um, once I saw it and remembered that this is a small person who's just resetting themselves, I could change the environment to meet that need. And so I did that in a few ways by creating lots of hidey holes in the space whether it's like leaning a couple of sticks together or bringing a couple of tents out so that they were play options for all the kids, but that this child could choose it too. Eventually they noticed that. And in the end, it was more like 15 minutes, 20 minutes that they would go through and recharge and then be able to come back to play. 
there's no way that they could have asked for that. Like, I need a quiet place. But we were watching and thinking of them and what they need. That's so interesting. I think often I'll have an impulse to create a modification that will inspire action, (laughs) you know, as opposed to creating a modification that will, like, allow for privacy and alone time. You described, like, a modification that you made to a space, which is sort of like a light touch. You know, maybe they didn't see you do that. You do it in the back, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you have a story that you like to tell us or we could talk about of you being more involved you know where you're like in it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about play in a caboose in the mountains in Vermont is like everything <laughs> um but this summer I had a child who was really struggling to relate to their peers And that was kind of the bit of information I had on the registration form. Um, I could see that as they started trying to play and see what the space was about. It really seemed like they were unable to hold a play frame really of any kind. Just not sure what to do. Yeah. And I would try and look for small things like kind of nudging the hammocks. And so once I saw that they were kind of messing with the hammock, I was like... Do you, do you like hammocks? And they said, well, I like to swing. So then we made a hammock. They chose which tree. And I helped. And I stayed close. Initially, they didn't want anything other than for me to be close. Um, or if I left, to come right back. And if I didn't, they'd come and find me. So I took that to mean I needed to stay close. Later, can I have a push but only a small one? And then a medium. Never a large. So I did that at that level. And that was day one. Day two, I wanted to have the hammock set up. I wanted to make sure that it was looking the same when they arrived. So that's how we started day two, straight to the hammock. (laughs) And then a couple of like strolls around the space. There was one moment where they were really trying to engage with some children, but they weren't picking up on each other's signals. They weren't responding to each other's play cues the way that was expected. And neither party was okay with what was happening and so it it fizzled and it ended and back to the hammock that was it for day two day three was a little more chatting and like asking can I join your club even if it wasn't really a club I hung close for that and sometimes repeated because their voice would be pretty quiet it's pretty nerve-wracking to walk up to someone who's doing something cool and say I want to be doing that too So sometimes my response and how I could support them best was to say, did you hear? She'd like to join your club. Is that okay? And that was okay, but there were still a couple retreats to the hammock through the day, which is fine. By Thursday, something happened. So the milkweed's really tall at this point in the summer, probably about four feet high, so about as tall as like most of our children. So to go into the milkweed, especially unprompted, is a pretty brave move. This child kind of meandered out into the center of the field, but wanted me to follow. She had this like 10 foot long black pipe that she was holding on one end of and had me holding the other end. So I followed where she went saying hello back and forth. 
So we went way out into the field, kind of further than anyone else really was playing at that moment. And she found the center where a few weeks prior, someone had dug like a really massive hole. She lingered there for a minute, but it didn't take long for other kids to see that she was out there doing something cool. They came and the idea sort of unfolded and morphed and it turned into chocolate chunk ice cream shop. (laughs) It had 50 flavors, but every flavor had a chocolate chunk in it. So, uh, trademark. (laughs) I'm hanging close, but I'm at the edge of this play frame, watching for how I can support it, but I'm not ordering ice cream. I'm not making ice cream. I'm not a part of the chocolate chunk ice cream shop. So they're making it and a couple of other kids join in and eventually it's time for this this child to go home. And that was the end of that play frame for that day. But then the next day, the last day, she was in the field, in the play frame, holding the plank of wood that had been dubbed the iPad for ordering chocolate chunk ice cream. She was in that play frame so deeply before her mom was even out of the parking lot. And she was not in the hammock at all on the last day, even though it was there waiting for her if she needed it. Five half days for one child who really needed some support from someone who was watching and not teaching and just there to be the adult that she needed in whatever way that was, whether it was following or stepping back or saying hi in a black tube, or pushing the hammock at the exact right level. That's the stuff. we have this unique opportunity to like meet kids exactly where they're at and I think they know that that we're here for it whatever it is for them That was Kelsey Langley of Coop Adventure Play that's Coop with a K in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois There's more information about Coop and a beautiful picture of that field of milkweed on our website, playworkpodcast.com. You can also follow Kelsey's work on Instagram at coopadventureplay. Don't forget to email us your questions at hello at playworkpodcast.com or tweet us at playworkpodcast. Oh my God. Whatever it is, is right here. Oh, it's a bunny. Cat has the thing. Yardy! It's done. It's over. Oddly enough, that's not the first time I've heard the sound of a bunny and a cat meeting. so sad. Okay. Yeah, there was an incident with my cat and a rabbit while we were recording, but I digress. We are considering lots of topics for upcoming episodes. Things that I'm thinking about are um, water, risks and hazards related to playing with and in water. Also guns, 
kids who play pretend guns and shooting. Um, I'm thinking about ways that adults are playful and places and times out in the world when I see adults being silly and the things, the sort of conditions that give them permission to do that. I've been noticing stuff like that and wanted to talk about it. Also play value, toys, you know, are toys terrible or are toys awesome (laughs) or somewhere in between? So um, if you're interested in this kind of thing, rate us five stars on your podcast app. If you have questions, email us at hello at playworkpodcast.com. And thanks again for listening. Take care. Thank you.